a few announcements. First, a uh, reminder uh, that next weekend we will return to and follow our normal weekend schedule. So be aware that we're back to normal as of next weekend. For the 10 a.m. Mass on December 31st and the 10 a.m. Mass on January 1st, there is a special opportunity for a plenary indulgence under the usual conditions for those who attend those Masses and who participate in the hymns at the end of those Masses. Many of you like to make end-of-year gifts to the parish. We're certainly always appreciative of those. You may do so easily with Faith Direct or if you have an electronic giving account. Otherwise, you may bring contributions to the parish office this week uh, to be credited for 2023 contributions. Be aware that the office will be open only on Wednesday and Thursday this week. A bit of a housekeeping note for Christmas Masses in a few moments during the Creed at the place where we normally bow. Uh, today we will actually genuflect during those same words. You will see uh, the clergy doing that, and when you notice us doing that, you can likewise uh, genuflect on your kneelers at that point. We have a Christmas gift uh, that we pray will be inspirational to your faith. As you leave Mass, each family is invited to stop in the narthex and pick up a copy of this book titled Beautiful Eucharist. We ask you to please take only one copy per family at this time so that we have enough uh, for all of the Christmas Masses. Certainly happy to welcome home one of our parish seminarians, uh, Jacob McClure, who was with us as Master of Ceremonies this evening. Continue to pray uh, for you, Jacob, as you discern God's will. And on behalf of Father Bali, uh, for, uh, from our deacon, Jorge Pereira, and from my staff, certainly want to wish all of you uh, and your families uh, a very Merry Christmas. We pray that you may rejoice in the birth of the Savior uh, and experience his love and grace in this holy season. At Christmas and throughout the season dedicated to celebrating the Lord's birth, we celebrate the feast of the drawing near of God, of God's coming closer to us. Even though the most natural and immediate form of human communication is being with another in his or her presence, sharing time with and speaking with another, Many decades of technological advancements have made the more remote, less personal type of communication possible. And not only is that less personal communication possible, but in some cases, dare we admit, more desirable. <laughs> sort of revealing the lesser angels of our nature, huh? that we at times kind of are happy to keep people uh, at a bit of a distance, yet still have some communication with them. In addition to these developments in communication, things have been turned upside down in recent years. Fear of a global illness caused social distancing and greater space between us, impacting the natural draw and exchange in human relationships. But we celebrate the feast of the drawing near of God, of God's coming closer to us. In my mind, the meaning of that coming closer is an invitation to put a focus on that most natural way human beings communicate, being personally with another, in the presence of another, sharing time with and speaking directly with another, or just being with another in uncomplicated silence. Perhaps we moderns 
for all of our advantages, can actually suffer a disadvantage precisely due to our advantages. We can communicate in so many ways, and even when such great distances keep us physically apart. And we don't have to pretend that such possibility isn't a blessing. But it can also mislead us, because we can communicate so freely and readily, even across great distances, we might be inclined to diminish the meaning of personal communication. That, in turn, might cause us to miss some of what is at stake in this feast of the great drawing near of God in the flesh. Though we have many ways to stay connected, there is something different and more natural and fluid about that most immediate communication when personally present with another. I can recall my excitement many years ago as a boy awaiting the birth of my brother. For several months, I could see that he was near, but I couldn't see him. I could see the signs in mom's tummy that someone was there, but there was just enough distance that I couldn't see him. Now, there was not much of a barrier between us, just a few inches of flesh, right? But it was enough to prevent that type of more normal, normal personal interaction. His birth changed all of that. He had come nearer, and that permitted interaction and communication that was entirely new. Christmas is all about that coming near of God to us in the flesh. As I think about how physical and personal nearness changes everything, and as I place that in the context of the spiritual life of faith, I see a connection for us to the practice of prayer. The birth of God in our midst permits an interaction and a communication that is entirely new. And here is where we moderns, perhaps, can fall prey to a risk. Given all of our impressive means of communication across vast distances, we miss the natural and immediate value and the necessity of personal time spent with another, such that we might tend to downplay it, preferring the spectacle of communicating across distances. You can easily see this just about everywhere when you see folks together in each other's presence, but everyone's face is bent down to a phone. At a restaurant, I sometimes wonder about how we have lost an art of human living when you see a couple together and each face is lit up by a screen for long periods, such that they rarely interact directly. Friends, God has come near to us. He is Emmanuel, a name which means God with us. 
He has drawn near, and by his power as God, that personal interaction and relationship and communication is possible if we practice it. And furthermore, that personal interaction and relationship and communication is necessary so that we come close to God in the gift of freedom he's given us. If we celebrate Christmas, then we should not lose the lesson of developing that intimate, daily, regular encounter with the God who has drawn near to us. I dare say a Catholic could do all the group, all the corporate things we do as a church, those things we have an obligation to do, but without a personal prayer life, such a person wouldn't be getting very far in life with God. In fulfillment of the Lord's command at the Last Supper, do this in memory of me. And in fulfillment of the divine law and the Ten Commandments to honor God on his day, we have the opportunity, yes, and the obligation, to be at Mass every Sunday and every holy day. Yet, I suggest that the Catholic could fulfill those obligations yet not reap the full reward of grace if we are not seeking to advance in a daily life of prayer for which we take personal responsibility. No, we can't do without the group gathering at Holy Mass, but even attending Mass would remain shallow without the personal effort at prayer. Many a Catholic could show up at those times when a new sacrament is offered, only to disappear until the next one is offered. And while God is not cheap in his gift of grace in those sacramental moments, how stilted and undeveloped would those moments be if not for the personal effort to pray and to live that faith beyond just the moments when one gets something at church? Now, why would I say this? Because the meaning of what we celebrate at Christmas is that God, in taking on our flesh and being born in time, has come near to us. And he has come near so that we can remain near to him. There is simply nothing that really adequately replaces the value of being physically and personally with another and to share life. By his power as God, although the Lord Jesus has fulfilled his physical mission on earth, he can and does remain personally present to us when we work at following the life of regular personal prayer. Such personal prayer, it's a lot like preparing the soil, the soil of our lives, if we could imagine that, so that all the things we do as a group, all those normal obligations we fulfill corporately as Catholics, has a good place to be planted and to come to bear much fruit. Prayer prepares the soil. The gospel passage of the events surrounding the birth of Christ places it in a real historical time and place. Naming figures like Caesar Augustus and Quirinius, the governor of Syria. I don't know about you, but I don't have any relationship 
with those figures. They're too far away across the bounds of history. And the closest I can get is to read about them on Wikipedia, which I did this past week. (laughs) But God coming near in Jesus Christ is different. Jesus is the good news of great joy proclaimed by the angel. He is for all people. He is the Savior born for us. He is the sign of a God who has come close so as to be wrapped in swaddling clothes and placed in the manger. Our coming to adore him is not just what we do here together, as critically important and irreplaceable as that is. Our adoring of him involves our equally drawing near to him in our personal daily prayer, wherever we are. In our coming to encounter him in our adoration chapel, in our striving to be like him in the moral life, and in our faithful practice of the sacramental life, by which he deposits the grace of his life within us. We must work at personal prayer. We must be on guard such that modern communication methods don't result in training us to keep a distance from God, our faces buried in screens and busy with so many things. May our prayer place us in that posture of physical and personal encounter with God, such that we proclaim his glory in the highest, and such that his favor may come to rest on us.